Welcome to the LEAD 222 podcast, created to help student ministry leaders stay healthy and become more effective in life and leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Bo Boshears and Dave Hootke. Welcome, everyone, to the LEAD podcast. I'm Bo Boshears, your host, along with Dave Hookie, And we're very excited today uh, to really lean into student ministry and what it means to have a healthy student ministry. And you're going to hear uh, from Jordan. Dave will introduce him in just a moment. But he talks about the four core principles of a thriving youth ministry. So this is going to be an excellent podcast. You're going to be encouraged. I know that. But before we get in, then I got some, I got some great information, new information about our NLCC, which is our National League Coaching Conference, uh, August 26th. Uh, it'll be from 10 to uh, 2 o'clock um, on CST. And I just want to let you know that one of the cool things about that, we've really worked hard, just got done with a staff meeting today, uh, to really have this be a highly interactive time, you guys. Uh, we're looking forward to being broken into huddles, which is, we're very excited to explain to you what that's going to look like next season. But it's just going to be 30 minutes after we listen to a really top-notch training team. Uh, we'll have some great interactive time. And what I, what Dave and I can share with you today, we're waiting for confirmation from other speaker, but Steve Carter... We can announce that we'll be yes. there. So we're very excited about him. Dave, his new book coming out, right? Yeah, he's got a new book that's going to drop uh, August 10th, I believe. So we'll uh, be able to share more about that. And, and uh, man, he's, there's just some great things he's being a part of, uh, multiple podcasts. And, and so really excited that he's going to join us. So that's going to be great. So the main thing right now for you to make sure, just mark your calendars down August 26th. Save that date, be a part of the NLCC. It's going to be awesome. So let's get right into the podcast. Uh, Dave, why don't you go ahead and uh, share uh, our yeah, story? Yeah, really excited to have Jordan Beer uh, join us today. And uh, uh, first met him actually not that long ago at the multi-site uh, summit conference. And, and so really uh, enjoyed what he shared. And so I was like, Jordan, we got to have you on to the podcast and so uh, let me give you a little info. Jordan uh, was a local youth pastor for 10 years before joining Alpha USA in 2019 as the National Youth Director. Alpha runs in more than 6,000 churches across every major denomination and in over 3,000 youth ministries. That's phenomenal uh, throughout the country. Jordan and his wife, Amy, have four kids currently living in beautiful Holland, Michigan. Uh, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. First of all, share a little bit more about you. What did we miss in that? And then give us a little insight on your role with Alpha. Yeah, sure. Well, guys, so good to be here. A um, little bit more about me. I mean, when I was in the trenches of youth ministry, guys, like I'm sure you had this, where like you have this aversion to Axe body spray, you know, <laughs> to go on those <laughs> retreats and I do those things. So, I mean, that's really real. Um, man, I love youth ministry. Uh, I still do. It's so good. Um, and I will say this, guys. I've never been more hopeful for this generation. All the things that I'm seeing thriving around in America, the youth ministry that's thriving, I've never been more hopeful. I think John Tyson or maybe someone else said this. Um, this generation, they want the kingdom, but they still have yet to really know the king. And once they're introduced to the king, I mean, it's going to be electric. And um, so anyway, more about me. I got four kids. Uh, we live in Holland, Michigan. I just moved here. So I'm sort of trying to figure out the area. And yeah, I mean, there's, 
just a normal dude. I, all, what I do with Alpha is I'm the national director for Alpha Youth, but really what I do is I just equip and serve the church on its mission to help young people discover and develop a relationship with Jesus. Long story, really short, I'm just trying to help youth pastors. Well, well, Jordan, you know what's cool about that? Well, you're, you're on the right podcast because that's what we are all about is uh, really investing in youth pastors, youth leaders to be healthy leaders, leading healthy families and ministry. And so really excited to have you here to uh, share your passion and what you're learning. Um, you know, Jordan, I had to say one thing where you're living. Boy, that's a beautiful place. I have some yeah, dear friends is. out there and gone out there and, and on the lake there. It's beautiful. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Like that. You're going to really like that. Um, well, Jordan, why don't we get right into it? One, you know, I know that you talk about core, four core principles of a thriving youth ministry. Why don't you share with our listeners um, what these core principles are? Yeah, so, and let me kind of backtrack just a little bit. And these are like core principles that I've discovered that are both in a digital context, in a in-person context, or even in a blended context. These are just the four core principles that I have found to be the things that cultivate a thriving youth ministry in today's culture. Um, and and this, some of these things may sound like, oh yeah, we've heard that before, but some of these things are maybe a little brand new. And for the ones I know that are relatively normal for everyone to talk about, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna scratch the surface, go a little bit deeper for us. And so the first core principle is actually this idea of being real. And this one I know is has been surfaced before. And I love what Kara Powell says. She's She's with the Full Youth Institute. She says, doubt isn't toxic to faith, silence is. And for youth ministries that are thriving in today's culture, we're ministering to Gen Z right now. And the oldest Gen Z, by the way, is probably like 22, 23. I think the latest is they were born in 1997 and later. Um, but right now what's happening is when we eradicate the silence around key issues and big topics and big things, faith, doubt, we find that students and young people lean in. And, and not just that, but it's actually this idea that we need to ask more questions than we need, need to necessarily give answers. And that also is not new because Jesus did the same thing. Um, there's this book that was written called Jesus is the Question. And Martin talks about how Jesus asks 307 questions. He is asked 183 of which he only answers three of them. And some theologians will actually say he answered five. That's but amazing. still, I mean, he, yeah, he, it's in, in guys, when I was trained in youth ministry, I was trained how to give answers. I was trained to give the proofs. I was trained to do the apologetic work and all that is so good and so important. But I think in some ways, when I was in youth ministry, I lost the art or the ability to be real, to be honest, to dive into the doubt, to lean into the spaces of how to make sure that young people feel heard. And, and David Augsburger says this, and he wrote another book called Caring Enough to Be Heard. He says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. And I think about that for young people. And I was like, how true is that? And and I'm going to lean in, and, and maybe some of this is, we've heard this before, but scratch the surface, go a little bit deeper. Listening is not the absence of talking. <laughs> Listening is way more than that. We need to lean in to empathy. We need to lean in to this ability for us to, to not just walk away saying we talked less, but to walk away knowing that young people feel heard. 
And the way that young people feel heard is with this empathetic listening or just attentive listening. And what I've discovered in my years of youth ministry and I've discovered in the, in the youth ministers are thriving is youth ministers pay attention and developing the leaders and how to attentively listen. Like what are the things that young people are saying that you help them say? Or how do you make a, a small group environment that it's not just your relationship with the student, but the student's relationship with the other student in the group. So there's this connectivity across the whole entire group. So for the youth ministries that are thriving, we're leaning into this skill set of attentive listening. And guys, I've learned over and over and over, attentive listening is a skill set that drifts and it drifts fast because a lot of people want to fix it. But you, young people don't want to be fixed. They want to be heard. And then when they feel heard, they feel loved. And then we have the space to have the conversation on life's biggest questions. Man, Jordan, that, that is so, so good. You, you know, and I think sometimes too, um, we're moving so fast. Ministry is, is happening and, it, and it's just moving so fast. When you talk about drift, right? It's easy to lose sight of that because we're sometimes thinking about so many other things and, and really helping our leaders, like just narrowing in on the focus of really helping our leaders understand that skill and to train them in that. And uh, I, I know for me, one of the things that we always did is we brought in a counselor and uh, mm -hmm. to our, our leader trainings. And we had the counselor be able to talk through lots of different skill sets, but that but that could be something, you know, really to put into your, your calendar and say, okay, in my trainings, here's, here's, I could bring in a counselor and really help them deepen that skill uh, of listening yeah. and empathy. Have you, have you also found that too, Bo, Jordan? Well, Dave, you know, what's interesting, you know, uh, I love what you said there. I mean, some great statements um, really are, but, you know, we talk, you know, we're all about mentoring and the mentoring skills, obviously one of the, you um, strong as mentoring skill is just that listening you know yeah you could use the word discipleship whatever but dave we did the same thing what what you're talking about one of the things i would encourage you is is sometimes you have to train people on how to ask questions even mm -hmm. that that that, that mm -hmm. that's something new that you that, that there needs to be some intentionality about hey this is a good question here's what a question you know that really allows you to listen to and we found by giving our small group leaders and our mentors good questions, so then they can sit back and have that posture you talk about of really listening. The be with factor, yeah. being in the moment, you know, that's wonderful. That's yeah. being okay with silence. Honest. Yeah, being okay with yeah. silence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, silence is silence is actually sometimes golden for young people. But yeah, I think when we talk about this, like we just need to lean into the skill set of being interested in young people versus training people on how to be interesting. And I know that's semantics, but it's a big shift in the way that we train and develop people. And Dave, I love that you mentioned this idea of bringing in a counselor. That is one of the best things to do. I think most churches have counselors really close by. Bring them in, have them train your leaders on how to listen and listen well. They went to school for this. They trained in this and then have them share in that training with you. Well, another thing that I found actually really work really well to kind of open up the conversations it's, it's a resource called uh, Solarium or um, Story Cards. And Story Cards is come from North Point. The guys over there, Solarium is actually from Crew. But this idea is that you put in front of young people a bunch of images and you ask the question, hey, what 
image best reflects, you know, there's lots of questions you could ask that moment, but what best reflects your week or best reflects your relationship with God or best reflects the moment that you just experienced, you know? And then students are able to grab that image and say this one. And then you just follow it up with a simple question of like, oh, great. Could you tell me more? And now all of a sudden you're helping the young person be able to identify emotions and feelings, getting out of the heart language that's really going on. Um, there's so many layers of conversation that young people have need to grow in the skill of, that connection. And we, as mentors, leaders, need to help them right where they're at and help them journey toward that deeper connection. So that's the first principle, real. The second one is, is very similar and like it, um, but it's actually called relational. And yes, this is relational ministry, but it actually is more than just relational ministry. I, I wanna lean into this idea that young people are actually more of on a pilgrimage right now, like a spiritual pilgrimage, a journey, than they are anything else. Like, so in, in, in through this journey, it's all through relationships. Um, there's another great book out there. I, I do read. So I'm going to tell you guys books and I'll, I'll make sure I'll give you guys the book titles. We'll I know you in the that. show notes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, please do. Cause I'll probably butcher everything. Um, this book is called, I once was lost and it is a little bit older, but I've seen this play out still with Gen Z. Um, and I see youth ministries that are thriving in digital or in-person or blended context lean into this. And this is this idea where there's five different thresholds that young people will walk through before they choose to follow Jesus. And the first threshold is this idea of even trusting a Christian. Do I even trust you? Like, can I, can we be friends? Are you not weird? <laughs> you know, this idea, can we lean in to be friends? Can you, do you see me for me or do you see me as a project? And Gen Z is acutely aware that people are not projects. So if they get a sense or a hint that they're a project, they are out. And so cultures of how do we create spaces for trust to grow, trusting a Christian. So that's the first layer. The second layer is this idea of becoming curious. And this is becoming curious in just spiritual things. Now, this generation is already very curious, already on this big journey. But the reality is, is we need to provoke curiosity around the person of Jesus. I'll say that again, provoke curiosity around the person of Jesus. A lot of times we just talk about Jesus. We don't provoke curiosity around the person of Jesus. We need to provoke curiosity so they enter into that journey again of young people discovering and developing this relationship with Jesus. So it's trusting a Christian, becoming curious. The third one is this idea of opening up to change. This is the realization of like, oh man, maybe I don't have everything figured out. I am opening up to receive some of this. Maybe there's more to this. The fourth layer is an intentional seeking after God. And now just so you know, this is the one moment that they're actually seeking after the God, Jesus, that we read about in the Bible. Before, they have been seeking all sorts of different stuff, like Buddha or, you know, Wiccan stuff. Like they'll, they'll be seeking all around, but this is the moment where they're actually intentionally seeking after God. And then the fifth layer is this idea of um, entering into the kingdom where Gen Z is definitely counting the cost of what it means to really follow Jesus. And if I were to translate all this, guys, it actually is just, it's a slower journey for young people before they enter into the kingdom. And so for thriving youth ministries, they acknowledge this and create space for all these different thresholds to journey through. And so young people can enter into the kingdom.
and choose to really follow Jesus. Um, we actually just did this study. We just got the report with Barna um, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And 43, I'll give you a, da- a, a data point from it. So of self-identifying non-Christians, 43% said that they would be more interested in learning about Christianity and what it could mean for their life if Christians they knew were less judgmental of their personal beliefs. And I mean, I just think that says it all. It's like, are we willing to embrace the slower journey and not judge young people along the way? The, the, set, the number two thing that they said, the, the obstacles to then choosing to follow Jesus or being interested in Christianity had about a lot to do with their lifestyle. I think it was like 38% said, if they stopped judging my lifestyle, I would be interested in it. So um, I do have questions along these different different thresholds. I think maybe I can just give them to you guys in the show notes so you can kind of lean into it if you want. Um, but the idea, guys, wholeheartedly is the, the cultures that are thriving right now, they embrace the slower journey, create a place of belonging, even when a young person doesn't even trust Christians <laughs> or trust the church. How do we, and so we need to be leaning into this idea of, of creating spaces where the end goal may not be they return. The end goal is they actually shift their mindset and understanding of who Jesus followers really are. Well, Jordan, you know, that's, that's so well said, you know, again, I, you know, the, I love the idea of taking your time, you know, where you're not, I think when, uh, as a person who's trying to understand who Jesus is, like you said, when you think that you're a project and oftentimes, you know, that's what we kind of, you know, go after and share, share the gospel and, and, without understanding the, the, the relationship that you're talking about. You know, we see this in Jesus' life, right? Again, I use the idea. He said he chose these men to be with them so they could send them out to teach. And the cool thing was Jesus knew it was in the gap. It was in the life, doing life together, of learning from each other, listening to each other, seeing each other's with integrity, seeing me live out my life in integrity. I think that's that's just well said. Good job, buddy. Right on. So, the first principle we talked about is real. The second principle we talked about is relational. The third principle I want to lean into is this idea of reproducible. And really this one is about this idea of how are we are empowering young people to engage in the mission of Jesus, the Jesus mission. And one of the fascinating things I find about this is I think empowering young people isn't new. It's not something new for us, but we empower young people to do the things that at the end of the day, aren't high risk for us. <laughs> well, young people feel that and know that. And so when we choose to empower young people with things that don't really matter, like in the long term, they, they genuinely feel that and know like you're just empowering me because you're probably doing a task that you don't want to do. So for, for me, as I lean into this idea of empowering young people, and I'll speak from the alpha lens particularly, I when I see thriving youth ministries, like around the country, I see them empowering young people to run alpha youth themselves, which means create a space for their friends to come to and dialogue around the person of Jesus. And it's all student led. What I've found is that young people want to participate in the work of the Holy Spirit. They don't just want to participate with the church. They want to participate in the work of the Holy Spirit. They want to get off the sidelines and engage in the front lines. Um, And then how are we then coaching 
and equipping young people to have faith conversations, but how are we also coaching them, equipping them to discover this, I like to call it like a spark. How are we, how are we co- coaching them, equipping them to discover their spark that may actually ignite or reignite the flame of the generations before? And for me, I, as I look at Gen Z, there's generational sparks, but there's also individual sparks. One of the biggest generational sparks I see right now is this cry for social justice. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful spark. It's a kingdom-oriented spark. Another one I see is this idea of hospitality. I want to learn from you. I want to be with you. I mean, you guys said be with all the time. Gen Z wants to be with. They are a very empathetic, caring, and loving generation. They always want to sit and be with people. So what I'm saying here is how are we empowering that spark? How are we creating spaces for that spark to be fanned into flame in our ministry, but also to, to saturate our whole culture? Those who do it well are actually the ones who have thriving youth ministries where they see students own their faith at different levels. They see engagement at different levels. And then here's this interesting one for this one is I have found that churches basically step back and say, wow, God's on the move when we choose to empower young people. And for a long time, like we've we've talked about this as a church and I think we really love the idea. Just the barrier I have found is I think that we feel that we're irreplaceable as youth ministers, but the reality is, is we're quite replaceable. And that is what we need to be doing, constantly replacing ourselves. Because if we're constantly replacing ourselves in some ways, we become even in unique ways, irreplaceable. I know it's kind of reverse semantics no. there, but it's so important. Jordan, that, that is like, that really hit me. I mean, that, that is just so good. And I, I don't want anybody listening to this to, to really miss that. I mean, it, this really could be, you know, something where you look at your ministry, you know, um, and evaluate, am, am I empowering? You know, am I really uh, trusting uh, this ne- next generation with uh, high risk stuff? Like, I, I think so often we don't because we control it. And uh, we're fearful uh, of being able to really give a lot of that away. Um, And so I think that is such a strong point, Jordan. I think that is so good. I think that's great for all of us uh, to evaluate in how am I engaging uh, these students in the mission of Jesus? And and so I know you're going to share about Alpha, which is a great way. Um, and yeah. so we'll get into that, but you know, oh, oh, I'd love for you to, to chime into that. Dave, what's interesting. I, I just love the idea that, you know, you talk about, um, Christians, Christian kids that have been raised in a Christian family or in Christian home or been going to youth ministry most of their life. They become very complacent in you know, their, their walk with Jesus. And, and when you lean in that, we really found out it was be- just because of, you know, a big factor is what Jordan talked about. They were spectators. They were just, they weren't involved. They weren't stepping out in faith and really seeing the Holy Spirit work in their life. There wasn't, they weren't seeing God truly changing their friends' lives or, or their families or moms and dads. And a lot of that was because the, the student pastor didn't release that didn't explain to yeah. them how to gift yeah, them. Exactly. It is a deal that students, you know, God has given you spiritual gifts. Even if you teach the, when you teach the word, what's so cool, 
everyone that Jesus worked with were teenagers. I mean, they were the ones that yeah. were, they were the ones that he said, the kingdom, we're going to, I'm going to give it to you. And, and I heard Greg Steer just last week talk about revival. Whenever there's been a revival, it's always been the young people, the passion that yeah. you're born, you're talking about that spark where they said, you know what, not only do I see this, I see God can make a difference. Uh, really well said. And, uh, Listen yeah. today, be able to make sure your students know that God wants to use them right now. You know, yeah, everyone, everyone has a part to play. And I'm really glad you mentioned the whole revival piece, two pieces. They've always been prayer and young people. Yes. Those are the two dynamics for revival. Yep. And and I, I I said this before that I am most hopeful for this generation because that's what I see them leaning into. You know, and now as youth pastors and youth ministers, we need to go where God is already leading this generation. And if we did, and they got coached and they were developed and they said, hey, we got you. We're with you all along the way. It, it would be we could see the next revival in our time. No, it's so good, Jordan. Um, give us number four. All right. So we went real, we went relational, went reproducible in this last one. It, it kind of. It's unique. It's the it's a unique one, and this is the idea of of reliance in the Holy Spirit. And I mentioned this that young people want to participate in the ministry of the Spirit more than just be taught at or be preached at or just talk about. They want to participate. They want to participate in the work of the Spirit. And so for us, I think the question we have to wrestle with, and the, the when I see thriving youth ministries around the country. In any context, it actually is they're creating spaces of encounter. And they're asking that the Holy Spirit would come and fill that space. And they're saying, Lord, you got the mic. And, I, and, and, and the thing is for me, like when I was journeying through this, it, I had to wrestle with this when I joined Alpha because I didn't get it. I didn't understand this. I actually, okay, here you go. My multi-site youth pastor brain was i believe in god the father jesus the son and my strategy like that's kind of the way i roll <laughs> but what i realize now is that the holy spirit is what young people are craving for mm -hmm. they're they're asking is like if this is real i want to encounter it. Mm -hmm. if this is real i want to participate in it. Mm -hmm. if this is real we're going hard after it and i think about this and, and we shouldn't be surprised by this because jesus said hey i've come to give life and life to the full and I think young people are saying, well, we've tasted the life that this offers, but we want Jesus' life. And what does Jesus' life bring? Well, it also includes his presence, which is the Holy Spirit. And so for us, how are we creating spaces of encountering the Holy Spirit? How are we empowering young people to walk in the Spirit? And I, I, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, and if you ever heard Alpha talk about this, we'd always talk about this is the most ancient prayer in the church. And and I was like, yeah, right. No, it's not. And then I did a study. I was like, oh, it actually is. <laughs> but when we pray, come Holy Spirit, what we're basically doing is saying, like, I was the one holding the mic. I pray, come Holy Spirit. I hand over the mic to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, you go. Whatever you want, you do. Where do you want to move? And then when we do that, guys, when I, when I started doing this, it freaked me out because in some way, I'm handing over control. And as the multi-site, you know, student pastor that was God, the father, Jesus, son, and my strategy, not having control freaks me out. 
and it could be my eightness coming out too. Like I like to control stuff, but man, but what I found is when you hand over the mic to the Holy spirit and let him do his thing, it is the most beautiful ministry. It's always good. It's always loving. And it always looks like the fruit of the Holy spirit, more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more gentleness, more goodness, more faithfulness, and more self-control every time. And I, Guys, I, to this day, I'm like, I look back at my season where I was and I was like, man, what if, <laughs> what if I created more room for the Holy Spirit? What would have happened? And this is a journey that I've been on for two and a half years trying to realize what does ministry of the Spirit look like? How do we create spaces like this? And there are spots around the country that are doing amazing things in this. And when I see them thriving in this, it's always good. It's always good. Jordan, so yeah. you pastor listening, they hear that they're like, oh man, yes. Can you, can you coach us in like, Hey, here, here's some steps. Here's some things that you could do to move towards creating that space with that encounter. One of the things, and, and we talk about prayer ministry on alpha and people are like, well, what's prayer ministry, you know? And what I realized is when I was in youth work, at the local church for a while, I would pray for transitions to get artists on and off stage and almost pray to like reinforce the big idea I was trying to get across, you know, or I'd have a really long paragraph. I'm going to pray for a student. <laughs> but what prayer ministry is, I love how John Wimber says it. Prayer ministry is meeting the needs of others on the basis of God's resources. I think a lot of times we feel like we're the master chef, but the reality is we're the waiter. The Lord's the master chef. And he chooses to let us participate in delivering what, the, what that student needs. And so practically, it's, it's a reframing of, of how we pray. And it's a reframing of, of the work of the Spirit in, the, in our midst. It's simple. Here's a really simple way to do this. Next time you talk about God's love, which it should be all the time. We should be echoing that sentence and that phrase always and forever this generation. You are loved. Next time, create the space to say, guys, I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and for the Holy Spirit to communicate his love for you, yourself. And you pray, come Holy Spirit, communicate you know, your love to these young people, and you wait. And you just watch and see what the Lord's going to do. And I know that's so, like, different. You know, we don't talk about that stuff all the time. But if there's one core principle, guys, that I've found to be the most critical for this generation— it's this one. And I know it's probably the most uncomfortable too, um, but we need to lean in, go on a self journey of discovery, realize what is the role of the Holy spirit and all this all. And how do I begin to create spaces and encounter? And I think when we do, we'll discover the Holy spirit always comes always good. And he has a lot more in store for us than just the ministry program that we're currently could be running. You know what, Jordan, one of the things, and for our listeners today, uh, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, one of the practices that have really served me well um, is getting into the habit of every night, and I would use the word every, I know that's a big word, uh, but, but quieting down and rethinking and really talking to the Holy Spirit in the sense of saying, where did I miss you today? Mm -hmm. You know, did I skip by your leading? You know, help me listen better tomorrow or you know, you're asking the Holy Spirit, I want you to show up. I know you're with me. You know, Jesus said, I leave you the helper. So I understand, yeah. you know, Holy Spirit come. He is already here. 
and in the sense that he is my helper. And so, Lord, I, you know, Holy Spirit, but I would encourage youth leaders today to, to really to let students know you have to teach them and but you have to live it first. Yeah. And so what Jordan's talking about is for you personally to take steps to understand this better or to get in a habit of your prayer. And I would add one more thing as we finish here is I think that the, that worship, there's something about worship and students coming for the Lord that we're the Holy Spirit when we worship God and, and teaching students how to worship, I, I think is transformational. Uh, I think it's yeah. a difference between a youth group and a youth ministry is when students understand how to worship God, truly crying yeah, out. Yeah, that's Lord. good. Um, but yeah, that, there's, there's two questions that every listener should ask themselves you know, at night. One, where's, where's the Lord moving? Two, how do I join in that work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. It. And it's so good. Hey, so we talk about, you know, creating space uh, of encounter, you know, we've talked about uh, engaging in the mission and really uh, empowering students. Share with us about Alpha Teen, uh, share with us about how, you know, youth pastors interested could get a hold of you and, and maybe bring Alpha uh, to what they're doing. And, and man, I, I remember hearing the incredible stories that you shared, what God's doing. It, it is amazing. Yeah, we're seeing amazing things happen around the country. We're seeing student-led alphas. Um, I was just in Dallas this last week, and, and there's a student there who came on an alpha course and chose to follow Jesus and, said, and then immediately turned around and invited all of his friends. All of his friends came. They chose to follow Jesus, and now they're, on the, they're leaders on this next course, inviting all their friends. And the church is, the church is like, what just happened? <laughs> and the beautiful thing, guys, is what we're seeing with Alpha um, is young people, when they really do encounter Jesus, they get so excited about him that they will turn around right away and invite all their friends. And they're saying, come and see, just like woman at the well, just, just like the woman at the well. So a couple things. One is if you're interested in Alpha, you can always reach out to me. Um, my email is just my name at alphausa.org. And I can also put in the landing page for you guys to check out Alpha, check out the resources as well. Um, genuinely, though, uh, what we're seeing around the country is young people engaging. More than ever, they, they're asking really big questions around life and faith. And they're coming hungry. And when they actually taste and see the goodness of God, they taste and see Jesus, they get so excited about him. They can't help themselves, but invite all of their friends. So, and, and the other thing too, is like, we are seeing like miraculous things happen. We're seeing people be healed, you know? And again, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, I don't come from that background. I'm a Baptist, <laughs> you know? And but we're seeing it happen. And so like, I'm like, what does this mean for us? You know? And we're seeing young people pray over their friends and being healed. And, and I think for us, what I really would long for is for every youth minister not to replace what they're doing with Alpha, because that just doesn't make sense, but to potentially maybe look at Alpha if it can come alongside what you're already doing, the good work you're already doing, and empower young people along the way. I think it could help create a space for young people to choose to follow Jesus who otherwise would never step foot in the church. We have to move beyond this idea of hospitality and go to where they are versus having them come just to us and our churches and alpha can help. That's what we do. Uh, Yeah. Love love your, your passion and love for the Lord. Very good. 
Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, I want to thank Jordan for coming on the podcast today. We've got his email, the books he's listed, and uh, ways to check out Alpha in the show notes. We also have different questions that he gave us too, and I just want to give you a couple here right at the end, but you can check out the full list uh, in the show notes. The first one is, how are you creating space for new relationships? And the second one is, what outlets do you have for students to discuss their deep questions and doubt on faith and life? I think those would be great uh, questions uh, to talk through with your coach, with your mentor, uh, as a student ministry team. And, uh, and so just again, I want to thank Jordan for joining us. Well, we are so encouraged by our lead community. Be sure to save the date, August 26th, for the lead uh, coaches conference. going to be awesome and uh, some great trainings and, and so forth. And so we're really looking forward to that. Well, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Stay encouraged. Stay inspired. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Lead 222 podcast. Please consider joining our community of leaders. Together, we're committed to experiencing healthy lives, healthy families, and healthy ministries. Learn more 